The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house. And anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsofLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, The Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com. And there's two videos on the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from yesterday. So you can uh, watch that up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, at which he appears magically right there in that that little box right there. And then on the right side is where we're streaming live. Just click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you have. And then also look in the bottom right-hand corner. You'll see a Rumble icon. Click on that. Join us in the chat on Rumble. We are streaming on Rumble as well, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. That's the channel. Please subscribe there. Also, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page. 
and also dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. Um, I'll, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, you know, do that and help us out. We would appreciate that very much. Uh, you'll get you know news right on the top there uh, as far as what's going on. And I don't know why we're still showing. Okay, I do know why. Uh, we'll get to some of these these highlights here in just a minute. <clears throat> but uh, if you do that, that'll help us out a lot and share some of the, the articles that we have, some from myself, from, from Bradley, and our contributors. And then also, if you would like to help us out, you agree with our message, you appreciate what we're doing, um, there's a donate button at the top of the page. You can click on that and make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of Liberty. And it does cost a lot of money. I, neither Bradley or I really like talking about money because that's not what we're if, if our bills are met and everything um we're good to go but you know it does it does cost a lot of money to do the various things of the ministry of the sons of liberty so uh in whatever way you guys help let us just say thank you um whether it's small or large even if you're unable to give your prayers mean a lot i'm going to make mention of something that, about that in just a minute uh, but we appreciate you very much. Also, our store is available and lots of products in there. Great conversation starters, for sure. And there's some equipping tools in there as well. This week we're highlighting, oops, I don't even have a, I don't even have a picture. Sometimes this does this with, uh, with the store. And if you go in there and a picture doesn't show up, just hit the refresh and it'll do it. I don't know why it, why it does that. But anyway, what is the price t-shirt? Um, these are these are probably one of the most popular shirts that we have. What is the price of your freedom? Ask a veteran on the front and on the back. It says, "What is the price of your redemption?" Ask the Son of God. And uh, the scripture uh, verse there from First uh, John three eighteen, uh, we demonstrate our love in actions. Right? These are normally twenty dollars. Uh, this week only through Saturday at midnight, you can get twenty percent off. So that drops it down to what? Uh, I still do my math, right? $16 <laughs> with uh, the promo code PRICE. Okay, so it's pretty simple. PRICE gets you 20% off of this through Saturday at midnight if you've been wanting to pick that up. Now, <clears throat> some news for uh, for you guys if you have not heard. Um, this, I, I put it up last night. It was like the last thing that I did. Uh, Dr. Kerry Madej, who is a, a personal friend and also a friend of the ministry, who's been on the show several times, uh, courageously showing uh, what's been in the vaccines, the quote-unquote vaccines, fraudulently called so, um, the shots that are delivered, these COVID shots. She was involved in a plane crash the other night, uh, or the other day, with her boyfriend. And um, it, she was coming back from Florida. He's a, I believe he's a pilot, so they were in a small little plane. And, you know, last Thursday, uh, I just had sent a message just to see how things were going, uh, just to kind of keep in touch. And she said she wasn't doing any more speaking engagements and things of that nature. And so, uh, and that was due to, and, and largely because the the medical board is coming after her now. Okay. And so when I heard about it last night, I quickly put up something just to let people know so they could be praying for her, praying for her uh, boyfriend. And she, she I, I just sent a thing saying, you know, we're praying for you. And she sent me a thing back, uh, a message back, saying that, you know, she was okay. She appreciated the prayers. Uh, the plane that went down. And this was the article. They didn't name who it was. This is from a Live 11. And it says, small plane crashes at Roosevelt Memorial Air, Airport. 
Um, Federal Avi- uh, Aviation Administration is investigating a plane crash in Meriwether County on Sunday. A pilot and passenger crashed at Roosevelt Memorial Airport in Warm Springs after reporting engine trouble. The two landed in the field north of the airport. They landed in the trees, from what I understand. Um, <clears throat> according to the FDA, it happened around 2.15 p.m., uh, the FAA said they were flying a single-engine Piper PA-24. According to Michael Watson, the chairman for the Meriwether County Air- Airport Authority, the flight was on the way from St. Petersburg, Florida, near Tampa, to Noonan, Coweta County Airport. I-, I hope I pronounced that correctly. When it experienced an engine issue as the plane started its descent, the flight was diverted south to Warm Springs but crashed uh, flight tracking website Flight Aware shows the path of the flight before the uh, crash. They're still working on it. They didn't uh, name the people, but this is what Carrie sent me. She said this was our plane, and uh, she had something go on with her leg. She was bruised up. She had five vertebrae. There was a problem uh, in her back, but she says it isn't going to need surgery. I was told she was in surgery, and I'm still not clear whether she had some, but not on her back. I, I don't know exactly what's going on there. Um, my understanding is her boyfriend had a fractured skull and a broken back as well. And so uh, be in prayer for Dr. Madej, and I, I believe her boyfriend's name is Billy. Uh, so let's be in prayer for them uh, because, again, you know, she's a sister in the Lord. We want to we wanna offer up prayers to our father to care for our sister. So I thought I would make that front and center this morning because it is... It's a serious thing, and she's been speaking out. I'm surprised these kind of things haven't happened before. That's sad to say, but uh, you know, when you get into a, a a foreign entity taking over our government, and that's what it is. Bradley often says this: "This is not American government; it's a foreign government." It absolutely is, in very literally. Okay, so um, keep that in mind, and uh, yeah. Just keep them in your prayers. And I, I did verify this with Kate. I spoke with her last night. Kate had talked with uh, Pastor Casper, and Pastor Casper was actually supposed to be meeting Carrie. She didn't show up, and so he confirmed that that all of this was going on. So, yeah, be in prayer for Carrie. Let me hit a couple of highlights here as well. If you're looking to Donald Trump as the reason for the overturning of Roe v. Wade, think again. While you're being diverted, they're going for your guns. That's the latest from Bradley at SonsLibertyMedia.com. Of course, yesterday's show... You know, and Sandy is uh, was such a, a, a gracious uh, guest. She really was. She's wanting to do the right thing. And, you know, I know the Bible. You've heard me say it. I, I don't endorse men. I don't endorse any men or women on this program. We'll have them on. We'll ask questions. Uh, I believe that God has given, uh, wants men to lead. And so if you have a desire for office, don't doubt that. If you're following the Lord, the Bible says He gives you the desires of your heart. I was thinking about that this morning as I was getting ready for the show. And, uh, you know, Sandy's standing up and doing what men should be doing there in the 142nd District. So if you want to listen to that, I encourage her to get people around her who know the Bible, the Constitution, give her good advice, bring solutions to that place. She wants, she wants liberty, just like many of those people, just like many of you do. And um, so... <clears throat> You know, I, that's what I encourage you. If you want to listen to that, that's at sonsoflibertymedia.com as well if you missed it. 40,000 National Guard troops face unemployment as vaccine deadline is imminent. And then this one. Who would you kill 
the moral question behind the Supreme Court's abortions and gun control decisions. I mean, oh, it's just absolutely crazy. Three things government could have done that would have been more effective than gun control to prevent mass shootings. And the Uvalde cops are now stalking and harassing that mother down there uh, who went, ran in to save her children. Yep, that thin blue line is doing that. Every police officer who actually is an actual law enforcement officer, who actually upholds their constitutional oath, every one of you ought to be very vocal on social media, everywhere you are, to call out these thugs down there in Uvalde for doing this. Not only are they cowards, they're, I mean, this demonstrates they're cowards. They didn't go in to save those kids for an hour. Now they're attacking this mother who had more courage than all of them put together. Come on. Come on. And if you don't call it out, don't call yourself a law enforcement officer. Just call yourself an agent of the state. Okay? Just going to throw that out there. Call yourself an agent of the state. Latest from Ron Paul, a victory for life and liberty. Uh, check all those out at sonsoflibertymedia.com. I got one video that I'm going to play today, and then we'll have some others. I, yesterday was busy. Lots of phone calls. Uh, I'm not a phone person. And then I had the Zoom meeting last night. Let me say thank you to ZoomGeorgia.com. Uh, that's the tactical civics um, Zoom meeting. I think it occurs every Monday. Uh, you can jump in on that. If you're interested in tactical civics and you're interested in seeing some of the people that are involved in that, I mean, uh, Robert Drake runs that. David Zuniga came in last night. He was in, and they had me come and say, well, what are you doing in your area? What What's going on You know, with your chapter? And uh, so they recorded it. I don't know if they're going to put it up somewhere. If they do, I'll drop that in somewhere or whatever. But uh, it was great to be with the people last night, to see like-minded people, and to point them to the fact that you know, learning tactical civics and then developing that in your county, in my mind, is nothing more than discipleship for the Christian. We're learning to do our duties before God and man because we love God and man, right? And we may not always know everything that we need to do. This is part of what the prepping shows are, and David's going to be with us in just a minute. Uh, but this is what the prepping shows are about. They're not just about you know, us preserving our life. It's about building the community. We had that show on that. Today's show is going to be a lot about that, too. And it's teaching them to observe all that Christ commanded. This is the Great Commission. It's not just preaching the gospel. You know, Mark kind of leaves that out, or maybe he encompasses that in preaching the gospel. If we're not preaching everything and teaching people to obey all Christ commanded, we're not, we're not bringing the full gospel. And I mean in its, in its totality. Yes, Christ is the center of everything. He saves men from their sins, right? But then he doesn't just leave us after he's done that. No, the Bible says that he has created us for good works, right? And so uh, that's part of what this is. This is a video from Jen, uh, about Jen Psaki. Now, this lady isn't even in there. They put a, a dumber person in there than she was. Uh, but I, I want you to listen to the bald-faced lies she just tells people right to their face. And the reason I know they're bald-faced lies is because we'll show her saying the exact opposite, the absolute hypocrisy of Jen Psaki. Take a listen to this. A week ago, after the Roe v. Wade protests were happening in front of the Supreme Court justices' houses, you said, and I quote, um, we certainly can continue to encourage that people protest outside of judges' homes. I now, never said that. 
Uh, I'm quoting from. Yes, she did. I said peacefully. Yeah, sure. Peacefully. <laughs> That's a key word in there. Isn't peacefully, it? regardless, they're protesting because they're trying to impact the results. It's a federal crime to protest outside of Justice's homes to impact the results. So my question is, do you regret encouraging people to protest outside of Justice's homes? Even if it is peaceful, it still is a federal crime. Well, first, thank you for your question and bringing it forward. Let me first say, because I think facts matter and facts are important, I never, I never encouraged anyone to protest. So I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date, and we certainly continue to encourage that outside <laughs> of <laughs> judges' homes, and that's the president's position. <laughs> Mrs. Zuckerberg. <laughs> uh, you know, do you want us to believe uh, what you're saying or are lying ears? Well, which one do you want us to believe? That's the only video I'm going to play today. We'll have some more later. Again, I didn't get to collect a lot yesterday because of some of the things that we were doing. But let me let me say this before we start. Uh, first, let me go ahead and just welcome to the show uh, David Pruitt, our friend from TheMiracleSav.com. Good morning, David. Morning, brother. Yep, good to see you. And I was teasing David because uh, David came on. He's got his skull cap on, which is what I I really want to wear. Um, but this is the uh, this is the this is the uniform here. But uh, David had his uh, skull cap, and it was kind of going up in a point. And I said, "We're going to have our own garden gnome here on Sons of Liberty." We had a little joke about that. But let me say this because we're going to talk about community. We're going to talk about uh, building a local economy and things. And I want I want to share this with you. Uh, David and also his father, as well as Kate, and you've heard Kate mention this on the show uh, when people have attacked her and things, and she goes, oh, I just decided, and she does that little hand motion, you know, like women do. I'm just going to bless you, you know? And David and his father both uh, have been so gracious to me, and they'll go on the text message, they'll send a blessing, you know, to me. Uh, I just got do done doing that with my oldest son as he went off to work. I've done it a couple of days, um, influenced by what David was doing to me, and he was telling me the effects that the father has upon him and his family and those around him, even those who are antagonistic against him, what God is doing in their life since he started doing that. And so I started doing it. I said, I've only been doing it a couple of days, David, and I'm seeing God do something in me. I'm seeing the difference in my household. Uh, I'm seeing the difference in people that I share that with. I did it with Dr. Madej. I've done it with Kate. I've done it with many people in my text or in my phone when I can. Sometimes I just I can't do things. But I see the blessing of the Father come through that. And Jesus said so. He says, bless. He talked about doing that for our enemies. He said, bless those who curse you and spitefully use you. Now, he also says, when people persecute you, what are you supposed to do? Leap for joy, right? How many of you guys, when you get persecuted for righteousness sake, not just you did something wrong or whatever, but you got persecuted for righteousness sake, how many of you rejoice and thank God that you're counted among the righteous to be persecuted? Even the Lord Jesus, he says, is the servant above his master. So anyway, I, I wanted to throw that out there, David, because uh, you've been such a blessing in my life, you and your family. And uh, the Lord used you, not just in my life. I know many of the people here in the chat have done that. And one more thing. Some of you people, I'm, if it's okay, um, there is a dear lady, she's in the chat this morning, who contacted me the other day, gave me just a great encouragement. <clears throat> I 
Sorry, I'm a crybaby when people do that for me because because I'm really nothing apart from Christ. I'm just nothing. And um, I received your gift the other day. It couldn't have come. Dave and I were talking about house payments and stuff like this. And it couldn't have come at a better time. So thank you. And many of you have been kind to send encouraging notes. And... Sorry, I I know this is radio and stuff, and, and I'm supposed to be very professional and stuff. I get that. But I just want to say thank you um, for obeying the Father. I, I I don't know what to say. I cry out to God virtually every day. I don't know how we're going to do this, Lord. And He's faithful in many ways. And a lot of what we're going to talk about in this, in this episode is going to deal with things like that. That we're dealing with community. And uh, Dave and I have talked about the fact that community is important. It is part of um, who we are as believers, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, we may have our differences in theology, um, but the, but our king is is Christ. It's it's Christ, and um, if we don't honor Him in everything, and this is something I talked about with tactical civics, it's about discipleship. We're called to disciple others. We're not called to convert them. We're not called to make them Christians. We're called to disciple them and leave the converting and the new birth and all of that other stuff up to the Lord because that's His work. That's the Spirit of God's work. Now, with all that out of the way, <laughs> um, David, we're talking about building a local economy. And I hear preppers talk about some of these systems, bartering and stuff like that, but I rarely hear them talk about charity, love. That's what that is. The greatest of these is charity or it's love, 1 Corinthians 13. And you and I are in agreement. We talk about that all the time. And I think this blessing, and I don't know if you want to speak to that, I think this blessing one another, even now, is a lead-in to all of those things because God's economy is different than how we've been taught an economy should work, right? Yeah, so in God's economy, it's in giving that you receive. Now, we don't give because we want to receive. We give because we love people. You can love people and not like people. <laughs> I know that sounds contradictory, but you, you don't have to necessarily like everybody you, you come into contact with, but you can love them enough to... Um, you, to show charity, you know, there are a lot of people out there hurting and, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't think, I, I think that, uh, modern Christians don't have the, the true heart of charity because, you know, the word says to give as though your left hand knoweth not what your right hand is doing. And if your left hand knoweth not what your right hand is doing, that means you're not doing it for, um, selfish reason. You That's know? right. You're not doing you want to be blessed you're doing it because it's the right thing to do and you know what better way to show the love of the father than to show charity even when you're hurting to show charity you know think about a man who only has a loaf of bread if he gives you half of his loaf of bread because he sees that you're you're hungry what greater love has a man known you know than to lay down his life for another 
So that's why Christ died for us is to show charity. Like, think about it. He, he showed the greatest act of charity anyone could. But we fail to see that, I think, as Christians. And, and I think that, um, and, you know, this is all unscripted, so forgive me if I misspeak. But I, I think that modern Christians have really forgotten about what true charity is. You know, the church was supposed to be what, um, what many roles of government take today. Um, you know, the, the church was a pillar, an institution, and uh, I think it's really fallen away from what its true calling was. And the church is the people. It's not a physical building. People talk about a building. You know, when we talk about churches, we talk about these, um, you know, these these buildings. But really, where two or more are gathered in His name is the church. And uh, you know, we are the church. You know, some are His hands, some are His feet. Like, you know, why are we not building the kingdom? And that's something that I think uh, we both talked about at length. Especially, you know, you you look around the world today. It, it seems as though there are a lot of people who don't seem to realize that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He said it was at hand then. So how much more at hand is it now? So I think that that's something we need to talk about. And then we also need to think about, because charity is very important, but not only charity, but, you know, there's a, um, people get in this rut where they, they can only see, um, their problems. They can't see the forest through the trees, as it were. And I think today we need to give you some hope because it seems like everyone's talking, um, everyone is talking about fear because they make money off of fear. They, they want to, um, a lot of individuals, you know, they, they do this fear mongering, you know, this, uh, because it gets people feeling good about their prepping or those who have been prepping for a long time or, um, you know, it gets, there's a certain percentage of people who like hearing that, but I, I think that we need to be more encouraging. I think that we need to be more uplifting and trying to sharpen one another. You know, iron sharpens iron. So as one man sharpens another, that's what it says in Proverbs. And I think that we are supposed to be sharpening one another. We are supposed to be helping one another grow in our, both our, in our, um, in our spiritual growth and in our, our physical Amen. growth. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's let's talk about this, uh, David. You know, this is we haven't been able to uh, we've, we've had some things going. You've you've had some health issues and, and things like that. And we haven't been able to do the prepping shows the way we wanted to. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that an economy when we talk about economy, we're not just talking about money. And I know a lot of there's a lot of preachers who get on and they rant and rave about tithing because they're hirelings and they want a, they want a good salary, okay? Um, I know people do that. Large, by and large part, if people look back to the tithe, the tithe was not, had nothing to do with money. It had to do with the, the produce and the flocks that God had given the people. So they, it was a recognition that God had done something for them. He had provided for them. And they were just, it was, a mere, it was, a, it was an image of just saying, Thank you. We recognize you are the one who provided all of this bountiful harvest that we have. 
So that's what the tithe was really about. And, and there there wasn't anybody, if you didn't pay it, there wasn't the um, the local police department that was coming down there to to throw you in jail, the IRS to come and you know swipe your stuff. It was just, you weren't blessed. But if you did what was required, then the Bible says God would open the windows of heaven and bless you so much that you couldn't even, you didn't have a basket full big enough to catch all the blessings that he was going to do. They're going to overtake you, Deuteronomy 28, the first part there of the blessings. So when we get into it, when we talk about prepping, and I want to make a point about that. Prepping means preparing. It doesn't mean you wait and do it when the problem happens. You are beginning to do it, what we're talking about. And we're talking about bartering, trading, and charity. So what we're talking about this morning is we want to help people understand that prepping is really a way of life. It is, is a way of we're looking to the future, we're preparing. The Bible talks about the, the righteous man uh, sets up an inheritance for his children. He doesn't wait till his deathbed to do that. He's doing that all of his life. And I think this works the same way. So when we when we look at prepping, a lot of people think, you know, zombie apocalypse and doomsday preppers and all this kind of stuff. And the reality is, it's just a way of life that we're talking about. So we're going to talk about barter, trade, and charity. So let's let's get into some of those things as far as how that can be helpful to the people who are listening. Well, I think that, um, you know, as we're seeing rising inflation, you know, gas, I don't need to tell people that gas prices are high because I'm sure they've seen the pumps. Um, you know, your, your heart kind of flutters a little bit. You go, man, I, I never thought I'd get into the double digits in my lifetime. Um, you know, as, as you're seeing inflation and things like that happening, you, I think a lot of people are trying to think of different things that they can do. Well, We've shared that there are a huge number of resources out there that people don't, uh, don't necessarily think about. They don't necessarily uh, uh, comprehend that there are a huge number of these resources that are free out there. So, you know, you might only have a quarter of an acre. That may be all that you can handle farming-wise. Um, you may need more than that. You know, and here's the cool thing. There's other people out there who own land. You might be able to make a deal with one of them because there's a lot of people out there who may have the money or the, uh, the money or the land as a resource. Think of land as a resource. And they may be willing to help you if you're willing to help them. You see, and this is, this is where uh, I think biblical concepts come into uh, their own because those who uh, those who are thinking not only about themselves but about others, um, people see that. And you know, when when we talk about building that local economy, you know, I always tell people, um, you know, blessing others is not just like in your barters and your trades and your everything like that. Make sure that you're overly generous. And what I do is when I'm overly generous with people, and, and here's, a, here's a secret if you want to learn about who, who you want to be dealing with and everything. When you're overly generous with people all the time, and then people are ungrateful, or you know they say things behind your back, or, or anything like that, you know what you know? You know that you don't necessarily have to like them, but you love them enough to be more righteous than they were with you. 
And that's all that matters at the end of the day is having a clear conscience. You see, forgiveness is for you. It's not for the other individual so much because hate, all these grudges and things like that that people want to hold, you know, they're like battery acid. They're more toxic to the vessel than they are to the surrounding vessels, okay? So remember that like charity, things like this, that's how you get people to see that like even though you may not like their actions, you can love the sinner and hate the sin. You can love the evildoer and hate the evil act. You know, and I think that that's something very unique about Christianity is we look past um, we look past sinful nature and we look at the sinner as like, hey, we've all fallen short of the glory. We love you though, and we want you to to come back to the fold. You know, it's not too late as long as you're still breathing, man. There's there's still that's hope right. for you. That's right. And and I think that in in the economy, when when you do right by people, you know, even if they don't want to admit it, it doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Think about that for a second, okay? So there's going to be an accounting. And do you want to be known as the guy who, because you don't own anything, the Father created everything. You may, you may be entrusted with certain things, but you came into this world with nothing, you're going to leave with nothing. You don't get to take it with you when you go. Okay? We don't store up our treasures here on this earth. And this is something that I think that, um, that you know, Tim and I have spoken about at length. There aren't a lot of people who are talking about this because um, a lot of individuals think of it as what can, uh, what can I store up? When in reality, it's not about what you can store up. It's about what gifts has the Father given to you because we all have different gifts. You know, um, some are his hands, some are his feet, like I said earlier. And so that means, you know, there are going to be mechanics in a, in a local economy. There are going to be electricians. There are going to be uh, seamstresses. There's going to be all, any number of individuals um, at the you know, in your local economy that are, that are going to be needed. And by, um, by making everything a lot more local, you don't, you aren't going to have as many of the supply chain issues that we're seeing across the nation now. You know, um, imagine if, uh, if you had a neighbor that you could go to, to have your pants fixed, then you had another neighbor you could go to, to have your truck worked on. And you were able to, because the, as inflation gets worse and the price of things keeps going up, being able to barter allows you to use what little uh, Federal Reserve notes, you know, those debt notes you use that you think are worth a whole bunch of money, be able to keep those in your pocket to be able to use towards things like fuel or other things that have become so expensive now, it's using more and more of that resource. So by being able to barter, whether it be uh, items, materials, um, whether it be skills, whether it be what have you, by being able to barter those things, it allows you to have enough. That's another tool in your toolbox to use to combat inflation. You know, And you don't necessarily need to have uh, money to to start doing these things. You could start 
by, uh, you know, we were talking about there's a number of individuals who have started farming in other people's yards on other people's lands. Uh, Joel Soliton talks about this uh, huge amount. Yeah, can you, you get, David, can you give an example? The, the guy with the bicycle uh, that you told me about last night, can you just tell yeah. people a little bit about that? Okay, so there was a guy on YouTube. Uh, I can't remember. He's uh, one of the people got me into the type of scythe I, I got. Um, oh, I will, I will send you the, the link after the show. I will send it to you. Um, there is a guy on YouTube who was making 5,000 a week farming in Florida in other people's yards, um, 5,000 a week. And he had no, uh, he's all hand tools, all manual labor, you know, um, no tractor. Um, I think he had a truck and he had a bicycle. He was riding his bicycle with a little cart in the back of it to go deliver a few blocks away. He was delivering to the local little food store. So think about that. That's a, that's an amazing resource to be able to do that. And then think about what you could do for your neighbors and stuff like that. If you weren't, if you weren't money centric and you weren't, uh, you know, worrying about squirreling all that away, imagine how many people you could be a blessing to. Um, by doing something like that, not only being able to provide food, but being able to maybe provide some financial um, relief to to those who are in need. And um, so he uh, he's oh I, I want to say Jim something rather. Um, I'll I'll get you the the YouTube channel. I think I got an email that I've started putting all these resources together for you to post for some of our other shows. Um, but there, there's a number of people. There's also a guy, uh, Oh, Justin Rhodes. He did the great American farm tour. You can go look at, there's a number of urban farms and things like that, that are making six figures a year, um, on small plots of land. So this is, this is viable. This is something that we, we need more farming, we need more agriculture. And, um, by being able to do that, you're able to help a lot of people and you know, you're going to have produce that's not premium. You're going to have produce that's not, um, not perfect, but you know what, here's the thing. It doesn't need to be perfect. Not all of it needs to be perfect because here's the thing. There are those who, who would just be happy to have some organic produce and you know, there are going to be people who need to be raising animals. There's Joel Soliton has a lot of things about like chicken tractors and being able to, do rotational grazing and things like that on land. Like you may know someone who has a huge piece of land that needs, uh, that needs to have cattle run on it or something like that to get the weeds down or goats or what have you talk to them about it. Maybe you can come to some kind of agreement. Maybe they, they need someone who has the time to do that stuff, but they don't have the time. Um, you know, there's, there's things you can do to, uh, maximize the effectiveness of bar of a barter economy because in a barter economy think about it this way in a barter economy as long as both parties are happy there's been equal exchange that's yeah. it's simple it's very simple people want to overcomplicate it and you know once once the deal is made be happy that's the trick to a barter economy and the uh, the other thing is when, when it comes to neighbors and friends and family, you know, think about when you have an abundance, 
um, you know, at your place, being able to be a blessing to others. Because, you know, as times get harder, more and more people are, you know, as Christians, you know, we are supposed to be beacons of light, you know, like lighthouses. You know, Christ is supposed to shine through us. And when we're supposed to be beacons of light, that means where light prevails, darkness fails. So we, by being beacons of light, that means that we're supposed to be able to, um, to be a blessing to others, even, even when others stir stuff for you, even when they're just being who they are. You see, the, the, I think that part of what we don't talk about in these barter economies is the charity aspect is so important because here's, here's my question is, if you don't show charity, who's going to show it? If you, you see, we're supposed to be examples you see, when, when you see good in Tim, when you see good in me, when you see good in, in a Christian, that's Christ in them. That's okay? right. Yeah, that's you right. You see, up, that is their sinful nature. Okay? That's correct. That's exactly right. And the, I think that the, the thing is, is what better way to lead people, you know, be a, a blessing to people in dark times than, you know, being able to give them food, to be able to to think of charity in a different way. You know, let's say you could make six figures on a small piece of land. If you were able to make six figures and you were able to show charity, I'm not going to put a percentage or anything like that on there, but if you were able to show charity, imagine what you could do for others around you with that charity and then imagine what a blessing you could be to their life because maybe you help them get over the hump and then they're able to do the same thing you are. It's called and discipleship. They, I mean, that David, this is exactly what I was talking about last night. This is discipleship. It's taking it and, you know, making it real in your life and then teaching others to do the same. And the difference between this and what we call the American economy, one is the American economy is always based on debt. That's what it's always based on. You're always owing. Okay. And what what happens? I mean, I again I reiterate what Victor Porlier taught me. He said, if you get people who go into office and they say, and their first thing is the economy, the economy, the economy, well, they're in a Marxist frame of mind. But if they say we want justice and we want justice, mercy, law, we want all those things that Christ said that that was the weightier things of the law. If they do that, then they're starting at the foundation of where God said. And if you've got justice and if you've got law, well, then on the other hand, you've got that that which isn't law, which is mercy. And I think that's where where real charity, real love comes in because oftentimes we're giving it to people that we know they're not deserving any more than we're deserving to have what we have to give them. And I think that we we relate that to them. So I think that's a that's a good point that you're making there. Well, and I I think that the the thing is is when we look at um, you know he who can be trusted with little can be trusted with much, and the Father blesses us according to how much we bless others. You know because what if you were if you were a uh, philanthropist would you trust a huge amount of resources to someone who just sat there and squirreled them all away and didn't care about others. No, you wouldn't. The same thing with our father, you know, he tests us in many different ways. And I think that when we show charity, I mean, I have, we've, we've shown a lot of charity before and 
you know, the best way I got told to show charity is, you know, when it's true charity is when it hurts to give. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that, I think that's something that a lot of people have forgotten is, you know, our forefathers, they practiced, you know, because they read the word all the time, they believed in charity. They helped one another. You know, when one of their neighbors had a bad corn crop or something and you had a bumper crop, you made sure that your neighbor was taken care of because you loved your neighbor as you love yourself. And I think that that is something that, um, that when we talk about discipleship, when we talk about like following the way of the master, I think that we don't, I, I think this is something that we just don't talk about enough. We, you, you don't hear it preached about because yeah, you know, it sounds great. The feel good preaching and everything until you, you realize that you gave all your money to this pastor who's, uh, you know, got the big, you know, $60 million house <laughs> with 12 jets or whatever. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, you, you feel good until you find out that, and then you realize, like, well, maybe, maybe I, I should have been sending my tithe or my donations or something to someone who was more deserving, like a medical missionary or someone. You know, and the thing is, and we're not judging anyone. We're not pointing fingers or anything. If the shoe fits, wear it. But I think that we, we see a lot of this feel-good preaching where it's not about true discipleship. It's more about, um, you are my sheep. Um, if you want to get to the Father, you have to go through me instead of through Christ. And I, I think we see that a lot with a lot of this uh, modern feel-good preaching. And, you know, um, is that God's economy is totally backwards to man's economy. You know, in, in, uh, in man's economy, you know, debt, is really about usury. Um, the the debt based economy is really about usury, and in the father's economy, we're not supposed to use one another. We're supposed to help one another, you know. And and it's in giving that you receive, like I said earlier. And but we don't give to receive. And and I think that that's just such a, a stark contrast to everything we've been taught, you know. The Father's way is very different from man's way. Man's way um, is, is wandering after the beast, and, and we're not supposed to be like that. We're supposed to be in this world, but not of this world. We are foreigners. We are, we are foreign to this, this world because we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. That's we're right. ambassadors. And I think that I think many of us forget that in regards to an economy is, you know, if you're an ambassador from a, from the kingdom of heaven, then wouldn't charity be the best way to start winning people to the Lord? Wouldn't that be the best way to start discipling people? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, David. And let, let's give some, let's give some practical things because you and I were talking about this last night. And, um, you know, we talked about, you know, a lot of people will think, oh, I, I need gold and silver. And when I'm prepping, I'm going to be able to purchase things and this, that and the other. But then we started talking about, well, what's more valuable? Because you, you know, you get your gold or silver coin and that don't taste too good. It don't go down too easy. Um, so we thought about some, some other things. And years ago, when I was talking with a friend of mine about these kinds of things and, and prepping 
uh, and, and preparedness and things of this nature. One of the things he told me was, he said, tell me, he said, I think the most valuable commodity that's going to come, up, come about are two things, food and water. If you don't have those, you can have all the ammo you want, you can have all the guns you want, you can have uh, all the gold and silver you want, but if you ain't got no food, you're not going to last too long, and and that becomes a very precious commodity uh, to trade people with. You know, you need that tractor fix. Hey, I got, um, you know, a side of beef here or something I'll, I'll give you, or I've got, you know, um, some ears of corn or tomatoes or whatever you're growing. All of that kind of stuff goes, or I got some water. Um, you know, we just had the, the, the rains on to talk about the Kangen water. Uh, boy, that I can imagine how valuable something like that would be because that's not just your bottle of water that's got whatever it's got in it that the city or tap, whatever they got it out of, uh, has in, but it's, it's living water. So you've got all these kinds of things. And then, of course, you do have things. Ammo will be uh, a commodity that you can barter with people. What are some practical things uh, aside of these that people can use in a situation that they can they can benefit other people, and in return they can also get a benefit as well. We, we talk about charity, but but bartering implies that there is a trade that goes on between the two people. And what are some things? What are some practical things some people can be thinking about uh, in terms of that? That they don't even have to wait till an apocalypse happens. They they can be doing that even now within the economy that we work in. So. Um I will say that gold and silver are useful, um, even medicinally, like collodial gold and collodial silver have been used for a very long time. Um, that's beyond the scope of this, this particular thing, but you could, you know, that's something that you could barter. If you've got a ton of silver and it's medical grade, maybe you can make a ton of collodial silver and, and trade that, you know, that's something that you could look into. Um, that there's a reason why that term blue bloods um, came about. And that's because of a huge amount of silver being consumed by the rich to deal with the plague. Um, but it can be labor, it can be skills, it can be raw materials, uh, it can be unused land that you're bartering for, you know, even just to use the land, not necessarily to own the land, but to use the land. Um, it, you could be bartering for food. Uh, you could need, um, you could need equipment to start a barter-based uh, business or a, uh, a trade or something like that. Someone else could have that sitting around. Let's say someone's got a bulldozer and you've got heavy equipment experience. You could trade them possibly to be able to use that bulldozer because maybe they no longer wish to use it. Maybe they don't, they don't uh, need it anymore. You know, That's something that you could think about. So I, here's some things that I thought of because um, you know, think about being able to go and once you've set up about two or three rainwater systems, it's a lot easier. It, it just kind of like uh, uh, all clicks together up here. Think about what that individual is worth, um, you know, in, in a barter-based economy. What would you be worth if you could go and set up rainwater systems for people or set up solar water pumps for their wells or wind uh, powered water pumps or something like that. What about um, being able to build solar panels um, and solar systems from scratch, like take the actual solar cells and solder them together and put them in a frame and actually make something usable. Think about that. Those are still relatively inexpensive. Um, wind turbines, 
You can build wind turbines out of alternators out of cars. I've seen it done. We've done it before. It's not hard, people. You can do this. And think about this. How many people out in the country have an old car sitting there that is just, you know, it's, it's a broke down, whatever it is. You, there could be parts in there that you could use for any number of things. Maybe the motor's good, but the transmission's shot. Maybe you could use that motor to build a log splitter. Maybe you could, you know, you could fabricate things. There's a million things you can do with this. Maybe you could build, um, you know, 12 volt welding systems like negative, uh, negatively uh, 12 volt. Uh, well, I think it's negative 12 volt. Anyhow, you, you can build welding systems. You can use uh, old microwaves to do that. You can use, uh, um, you, there, there's numerous appliances, things like that, that you can make tools. Um, you could be into, uh, you could be into farming. You could growing your own food, uh, look into chicken tractors, permaculture, things like this are what I think are the solutions. Because instead of talking about the problems, let's talk about some solutions. Hmm. Uh, David, I, I gotta, I, I'm sitting here just shaking my head. How many people do you guys know who will say, oh, yeah, just pull that engine out of the car and make a log splitter out of it? Or just grab that microwave and let's make a welder out of that. I mean, you really, God has really gifted you with these kind of ideas and stuff I would never think about. I'm thinking of my son's, um, his his grandpa gave him, um, what is those little car? PT Cruiser. And he drove it forever. I think he put 400 bucks in it for new tires and a, and a battery. Drove it forever and hit a slick spot one day and it bounced off the railing. And it, it, he was very fortunate nobody was following him off the exit or it could have been really bad. But uh, he, that's been sitting out the yard back here for like a few years. And I say, you got to get rid of that thing or something. I don't care if you get two or three hundred dollars. We got to get rid of that. And, I'm, and now I'm th- sitting here thinking, we could pull that out and we can split some logs and stuff or, like or- that. Or turn turn that motor into a generator. Yeah, well, that, that was what I was thinking when you mentioned the motor, a generator. But uh, but it, coming up with these or ideas is just is really incredible. What is it? Use it to use it to build a tractor. You know, you could do that too. Uh, as a powertrain for something. You know? Yeah, yeah, you could use it all for that. Listen, David, um, do you want to carry over for a little bit? Do you got some other ideas yeah. and things? Okay, we're gonna do that, guys. Uh, sonsoflibertymedia.com is where you can pick it up before it's news.com and dlive.tv at the Sons of Liberty. So we're going to go over a little bit with David this morning. Yeah, David is is our own personal MacGyver, isn't he? <laughs> I love that, though. I, I love that, that thought is put in. David, we've got about 20 seconds here. Tell people where they can find out more about you and uh, how they might be able to help your, your ministry there. Pruitt's Tree Resin Ministries, themiraclesav.com. Um, you can go there. You can learn about us. You can see what we're doing. You can also go to operationpreparedness.com. Um, you can check out where we're working on more content. It just takes, it, we've had some setbacks, but we are working. <laughs> All right. Guys, be sure to check those things out. And this chicken coop is was that you just saw, those watching, that was done by his dad with a chainsaw. So we'll talk a little bit about that on the other catch bradley at three we'll be back with you in the morning for rotten of the core wednesday with the common core diva lynn taylor lord willing see you okay want to welcome everybody coming over from red state talk radio and let me just go back to this again just so people understand uh this is um this is what david's dad did now you guys saw david when we brought uh 
Paige and Corey on with the accident that they had, and David's dad kind of did the photo bomb in there. Um, Dave, this is what David's dad did. This is the chicken coop that that he's building. I don't know if you've if he's gotten more done, but you said he put a ton of hours in this. But he did this all with trees, little trees. Not he didn't go out and buy these boards, trees and a chainsaw. That's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. There there are more photos. Um, I've got some editing to do on some of the photos like cropping them down because they're just they're a little large but uh he actually took uh, like big pines and milled them up with a chainsaw um there's a huge amount of work time energy effort into that but i mean some of those boards are 18 inches wide um so he's he's actually got that thing done the roof's on it um he's got the hayloft done it's like a chick little mini barn it's it's the coolest little you think about though a man who doesn't who who wouldn't have who wouldn't have money but he's got a chainsaw and he would go out and he says well the god's provided trees so i'm out there doing all this and some of these boards um but looks like he's got a couple of beams and then he's got some poles he's doing not just the boards are going aside and the price of wood now um, I think I've told people about the chicken coop that that we built, and we had some friends in the show who who actually helped us with it. But you know, I'm thinking it's going to cost three, four, five hundred dollars tops, right? Not a chance, man. I'm I'm like way low balling that thing, and we were able. I mean, we did it, but it was a lot more than what I expected. At least double maybe almost triple for all that we did with it. And that was just like a four by eight chicken coop. That's all it was. It wasn't anything like this is like, but I don't know. You could make, you could almost make this a small one room house or something. This is a big one, but your dad put that in and it's just, he's putting his labor. Obviously he's got uh, some money in gasoline and the chainsaw and all that, but the chainsaw is going to be used over and over and over again. He's able to do this saving a lot of money that he would be spending on that. I mean, it's, it's, it's really incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't buy the quality of lumber that he was making for that, that coop, you know, the poles, you know, think about some of those poles are probably 30 feet long. Um, so it's, it's bigger than, uh, well, yeah, I I'll get you the dimensions on it. I can't think of them right off the top of my head, but it's a lot bigger than you think those doors. You can actually pull a, you could pull a truck in there open up those doors, kick all the chickens out of there and work on a, you know, use an engine hoist and stuff and work on a, on a, uh, a motor if you need, you know, pull a motor or whatever. So it's, it's more of, it's not just a chicken coop. It's more of a utilitarian yeah. shed. It's got in there where he's got all his hay and everything. It's, it's really amazing. He, I, I, it's really cool to see how far that's come and, and just the huge amount of time that's gone into that, you know, just to be able to get it to where it's at now. Um, but so we were talking about the, we were talking about like growing food, farming, that kind of thing. Um, you know, you don't necessarily have to own the land to go work on it. Um, a low cost option could be, you know, you could look into, let's say, a, a yurt or something like that. You can build your own yurts for pennies on the dollar if you're willing to do the make your own lumber and everything, or 
willing to rip your own two by fours or two by twelves or whatever, whatever, depending on the size you're making it. Um, yurts, you can have a lattice work that you can make it out of branches if you wanted to. Um, there's a numerous ways you can do that. You could have a yurt. Now you've got a portable structure that you can bring to the property, and you could um, you could live on that on a piece of land. Um, and so, really, we we need to start. This is why people look at their problems and they don't realize their problems are many times the answer to their um, problems. So the problem becomes the solution. So you don't have land. Well, maybe someone else has land. See. Um, so another another skill that you can barter is like building, like construction, that kind of thing. Um, you could like making lumber. That's one of the things that I added onto the list. Um, you know, herbalism, um, doctors and dentists. There's still going to be a need for natural paths for dentists for all these different kind of things. Small engine repair. You know, that's something that that's useful. Um, you know. You can look into making fuel or gasoline out of plastic bottles, you know, distilling those down. You can make a micro distilleration thing and be able to do that. Uh, you know, what's that worth when it's $5 a gallon um, or well, when it's $15 a gallon? What's that? Yeah, worth, I think right? I think my son-in-law said he that's what he wants. He wants to get us a distiller uh, and do some other things as well. But uh, the gasoline sounds really good when it's that expensive. Blacksmithing. You know, there's a there's another thing. Blacksmithing, bladesmithing, I'm putting those two in the same thing. Gunsmithing would be another thing. Um, okay, so I'm going to say this, but uh, hear me out, because there's some machinist out there who's going to bitch at me about it. When I say machining or fabric or anything like that, I'm talking about machining in the old way, um, like using files and things like that. Um, file work. That used to be how a lot of things were made, a lot of gun parts, a lot, just a huge number of things were made. And you can actually get a lot more value for the low cost input uh, because with files, they're reusable numerous times by using like a, a vinegar, a vinegar bath to uh, re-etch the file to be able to sharpen those teeth. And then you can take that um, out of the vinegar bath and you can put that into a um, baking soda, a distilled water baking soda bath to be able to neutralize that acid. So now you've got perfectly usable. Um, I mean, they used to use sulfuric acid, but vinegar is cheap, readily available. Um, really simple solution to a, to a problem like that. Think about like recycling and gathering materials. What would someone be worth? Like, let's say you're building wind turbines out of car alternators or micro hydro uh, systems or something like that out of car alternators or um, some type of motor or something like that. Or you're using windshield motors from cars to convert, to build your own uh, grinders. So you've got 12 volt grinders that run off a of solar or something like that, you know, some kind of a powertrain for tools or machinery. Um, someone's got to go collect those things if you're making them, right? So if you, if you have to make a hundred of those a month to be able to um, provide for your family or what have you, someone's got to go gather those things and you may not have the time to gather them if you're fabricating all the other parts so think about someone what is someone worth barter wise who goes and gathers raw materials and or 
other materials like angle iron, uh, leaf springs, all, all these things, you know, there's a lot of resources out there that people just don't realize are out there. Um, think about sewing and uh, gear repair, you know, uh, what about people who, uh, what, what about uh, shoe repair and boot repair and that kind of thing? Uh, being able to make, um, you know, there's a, there's a guy, I, I can't remember his name. He had a really interesting website. He was making sandals, like really high quality sandals out of tires. Tires, people. People throw away tires. People have to pay to get rid of tires. Okay. Tires are a resource. If they are not usable for sandals or anything like that, you can take them, cut the sidewall out of them, and now you have a perfect raised bed. You know, it might only be this tall, but hey, man, they're free. Um, and it doesn't take much. All you need is a small utility knife to cut the, the sidewalls out of those. So these are some things that you can think about that you don't need resources to be able to institute these things. These are low cost things, you know, like think about sewing. You can go buy a needle and thread for very, very cheap. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. And I, I you know, we, we were taking, uh, I was telling you my, my, uh, third son down, uh, wanted to start doing his own garden and we had an old sandbox. I had gotten off, one of the job sites years ago, um, like the, what was it? It was like a 10 or is it, I think it was a 12 by six, uh, boards. There were four, there were like five of them and I did that. And then I cut the, the little part at the angle. So it would keep them together. And, you know, kids had it for sandbox. Well, we, none of them play in a sandbox now. So my wife was taking the sand out, putting it in the chicken coop cause they do their little dirt bass or whatever. And my my son's out there. He's got his little plants, and he's got his soil. And uh, then he started taking all of the stuff we took out of the chicken coop, and he threw that in there too—the wood shavings and the the poop and all that other. And he's doing that, and he's he's got nice little plants everywhere. And I told him I, your idea. I said, why don't you get your brother to say, yeah, you can have the tires off of this broken down car I'm make, making mention of. And do that. He wouldn't even have to cut the sidewalls out because they're those low-profile tires. I said, just stack them on top. You can. You wanted to do potatoes? Go get you a, a thing of hay. Throw that in there. Throw the potatoes in. You're good to go. And so, you know, these are these are really good uh, ideas that even kids can pick up on, and they can they can do some of these kinds of things too. Well, and I think that I think it just takes a different type of um, thought process. You know. To be able to institute that, hey, you know, whatever resources, think about tractor tires. How large is a tractor tire? Okay. And then what can you accomplish with a tractor tire? You can accomplish a lot. There's a huge number of uses. And think about this. There's actually things called, uh, uh, they're called a rope pump. They use them in Africa. And they actually take tires and they make little discs out of them. And you have a wheel and, or a, a, you have a, a handle and you crank the thing and they have a huge number of these, uh, these little uh, discs made out of rubber from tires 
they take and they make those things and they create suction so they can actually lift water. So it's a cheap way of making a community water source. So there's a huge number of uses for a number of these materials. What, what you have to do is you just got to be dedicated, dedicated. A lot of these things, think about recycling operations. You know, there's a huge mon- amount of money in recycling. People just don't see it. Because recycling is just about materials. It's about gathering and being able to separate out materials. So imagine if someone knew what all these different things could be used for. You know, what if you could take old tools that the motors were wore out and stuff and then be able to add in 12-volt, uh, use 12-volt motors and things like that from cars to be able to convert stuff to run on 12-volt or whatever the case may be. Well, David, one of the things that I'm thinking about while you're talking about that, about using things up, you know, I dealt with a guy, uh, his uncle owned the building um, construction business, and they were building some apartment complexes over here in Charlotte. I was working on that, and um, they had had so many problems with getting buildings uh, inspection passed, and you could go in and some of the beams that they would use were sagging because the guys didn't properly do them up. And we're working in there. So it's a, it's really a dangerous thing because if one of those gives, you're going to have a collapse somewhere in that building, if not the whole thing. So he came on and he was telling me about that. And he says, you know, Tim, he says, when I was working with my uncle and we built houses years ago, he said, you could walk off with the scrap that was left from what we built in a wheelbarrow. He says, we didn't waste anything. We used everything up as much as we could. He said, do you know how much how much uh, stuff I had to throw away when I came on the site because they didn't, take, they didn't cover it up? They didn't take care of it before it was used? He said, at least a quarter of a million dollars worth of stuff. We're talking about dumpsters and dumpsters and dumpsters full. In fact, when they were finished, it was actually cheaper for them to throw stuff away or give it away than it was to put it on a truck and haul it to the next job site. So we got a whole, we got, literally people have seen when I've done a Facebook Live, our crown molding that went up. That was all given to us by them that was left over that they were going to throw in a dumpster. Uh, most of our, our attic batting, the R30, came from that. Uh, baseboard, um, you know, various there were other things that we got. Some of them were some of that uh, white racks, you know, that you buy that you spend a ton of money for at Home Depot that go in your pantries and stuff. I mean, they had stacks of those things, 12 foot long. He says, just cut out what you need and this, that, and the other. I threw as much as I could get on there because I knew the value of it and that I didn't have it. So I think back to the Puritan area. They were like that too. They would not, they didn't want to waste anything. They thought it was a sin to to do something like that, that God had given you that. And today, I think that there's a mindset that's been put in us. If it's not pristine, if it's not perfect, if it's not brand new, and it's, you know, when it goes bad, we just throw it away. I've even been guilty of some of that. But I think you're giving people some ideas of, hey, I got this old thing over here. Maybe there's something I can use use that for and uh, come up with an idea of how they can sort of recycle it. And I don't even like that term because it's been used on the whole green thing. But that is basically what we're doing. We're using it for another um, another another venture that we're, that we're going to use it in. I think those are some good ideas for people to keep it. But keep in mind, your forefathers, your Purit- Puritan forefathers, very much like that, 
we don't waste anything. We're not throwing anything away. We're going to use it till you can't use it anymore. Till you just can't use it. Yeah, and I think that like it used to be, you wore it out, you fixed it or repaired it, and then wore it out some more until you know, <laughs> till you know the the old saying, till the wheels fell off. Yep. You know, there's a reason that that that's because bearings back in the day were not like they are today. You know, you used it till the wheels fell off and then you repaired it. You know, you, um, I mean, preventative maintenance has come a long ways, <laughs> but I, I think that we, we have a very different, you know, we have that use it, uh, we use it once and forget about it. You know, the, the buy it, uh, the Chinesium, you know, the, uh, buy a piece of crap, use it a few times and then it craps out on you and then you throw it away. And, I mean, cell phones are that way, electronics are that way, everything's become like that because of the mindset of the people. And I think that there's a number of individuals, myself included, I'm sure you, um, you too, who, who like good quality, you know, would love to see more American-made stuff that would be, um, you know, the, the thing is there just aren't enough people making american-made stuff you know like think about it. if you were a blacksmith and there was a huge uh you know small uh micro farming revolution in your neck of the woods you could be making all the tools all the hand tools you know you could be making stuff that that yes it would be expensive but in the same breath you could also barter for food you could you know um, you could have that, uh, you know, there are farmers who are going to want different styles of tools, different heights, different sizes of hose, different, you know, uh, different sizes, broad forks, things like that. So you can, there's numerous ways to set up a barter economy. And when, when you do that, and when, as you build more community, as you find good people, you can actually, like, you know, you'll be amazed how the father works. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. I've had some amazing experiences before where uh, people I was generous to years ago remember that. I don't even remember being generous with them, but people will remember that. And I think that that's something that we just, that we as Americans um, have, have forgotten not only barter and helping and charity but also you know we we haven't seen hard times like what we're you know that 2008 recession was just a little dip in the you know just a little dip in the water and i think that what made americans amazing and makes americans amazing is our innovation our ingenuity and our faith that's what makes us amazing is that we were that that's what set us apart hmm. yeah david and, one and, of the one of the things going back to the puritans in that you know a lot of people talk about it, the american dream now as you know a house two cars and 
1.2 kids or whatever they however they figured it out but the puritans for the american dream it was the, the it was the biblical work ethic it was i'm able to be innovative i'm able i'm free this is my land i'm able to grow my own food i'm able to do my own repairs i can live in a community that believes in the law of god and that that conduct themselves in self government that was the american dream and now that's been transformed into this lustful kind of you know, get get all the toys I can because at the end, the one with the most toys wins, and that's not true. That's that's actually a lie. But you know, all of us I think have bought into that in one place or another. And when we look back at what the American dream was, it was all about honoring God with everything that we had in what we did in our work. It was stemmed in the work ethic that comes right from the Bible. The one who doesn't work shouldn't eat, right? And we, and in, in, in doing that, they were doing it for the glory of God. Well, and I, I totally agree with you. And I think another, I think that, that we, you know, when, when we talk about charity and everything, that we need to make it very clear that when we do charitable acts, it's not, we're not doing it for our glory, but rather for the glory of God. And that we are trying to do this because we're, we're building the kingdom. We're investing in, in individuals because our Father loved us enough to invest in us. Amen. That's right. I think that that's something that we, we need to be able to communicate effectively to be able to help individuals to really um, to build more, more community, to build stronger communities, because America used to have some of the strongest because of our our faith, and, and even though we may not agree on everything, we had a uh, uh, you know as Christians, as believers, we had a we had core principles that were aligned in such a way that it allowed us to have tight bonds. Think of America pre television. Think of America pre radio. Small tight-knit communities that's that's what i think of of america pre-radio pre-television uh, very small tight-knit communities where everybody just it, it wasn't perfect and i'm not saying it will be in the times going forward but you only have control over your actions so do the best with what you got that's right don't get discouraged. yeah you know your faith in the Lord, because He will not, men will let you down, but the Father will never let you down. Amen. Amen. Yeah, our, our pastor often says, you know, we, we tend to get caught up in things that are beyond our control. He says, focus on what you have control. I know control is largely an illusion, but whatever you've been a steward over, whatever is in your sphere of influence, that's where you should work. David, um, do you got a final word you want to give people? And um, and then let's tell people also where they can find out more about you. By the way, David and his family is gracious enough to give to our listeners. If you get anything from Pruitt's Tree Resins, again, you can get 10% off by using Sons of Liberty, all one word, uh, as a promo code. So some of you have taken advantage of that. i got to tell you, I've got uh, David and I have been doing our, our fulvic uh, uh, acid Fulvic humic acid. Yeah, he's got his too. Yours looks a little darker than mine. Mine looks like tea. Yours looks like oil uh, <laughs> but uh tell people where they can uh, find out more about you and uh give us a, a final word of exhortation today and uh, we'll close out the show okay 
Um, you can go check us out on miraclesav.com. You can uh, also check us out and uh, support Operation Preparedness.com. Uh, we are working tirelessly to create a bunch of content over there. We have a whole bunch more to post it just as time allows. Um, we, you can feel free to call us with any questions, comments, concerns. It does take us quite a while to get back to each one of you because um, your listeners, we tend to talk for quite a bit of time. Um, a lot of questions. We're trying to answer everyone's questions as fast as we can. Um, don't be discouraged. You know, the Father's in control. And uh, remember that you do what you can, where you're at, given the resources you got. And uh, the Father will bless you. And just remember that when the Father blesses you, bless others. Be a blessing. You know, there's a lot of people hurting in these times. And just be a blessing. Amen. That's the best thing I tell you is in, in a community, if you want to have a community mindset, be a blessing. Even when people persecute you for his sake, you know, be a blessing. Love, love others because who, who else is going to show them love? Who else? How, how is Christ going to work through you if you don't let him? That's right. Yep. I, w- I want to end with this, um, and I'm moving my microphone way over here, so sorry about that. I want to end with this. This is one of the, the blessings that I talked about at the first. This is one that David sent me this morning. I hope he doesn't mind sh- me sharing it, but I want to bless the rest of you with the same kind of blessing that, that, uh, that David did for me. May the favor of our Father rest on you this day. May the Father release blessings upon you in your life. May the name of the Father bless the labors of your hand. May the Father bless your household. And may the Father quicken your heart to remember life and death are in the power of the tongue. And may the peace of the Father dwell in your life and bless you in your spirit, your soul, and every fiber of your being. May you experience friendship with the living Yahweh. May you experience peace that surpasses anything you have ever comprehended. May you have your own encounter with the love of Yahweh. And there is no other name in which is given unto man, in which we must be saved, healed, delivered. That name is in Hebrew, Yeshua HaMashiach, in English, Jesus the Messiah. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And then we'll be back in the morning with the Common Core Diva Lynn Taylor for a Rotten of the Core Wednesday show. And we'll talk to you then. See you.